بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيد المرسلين وعلى آله وصحبه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا إلى يوم الدين أما بعد So the main point that he's made so far is that we need to in order to get close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the most effective way is to do the dhikr of la ilaha illallah but that just can't be just a normal repetition of it it has to be done with adab and we've been f- through the etiquette they were quite in detail and uh, they're quite important and then he says that if you do manage to accomplish and become regular on repeating the name of Allah especially la ilaha illallah in that formula then by if you able to fulfill if you're able to read it with the etiquette, you'll actually reach the highest of levels. And the highest of levels that any human can attain um, who is not a prophet. So the level that literally touches the level of a prophet is called Siddiqiyah or Wilayatul Kubra or Khalifatul Uthma. So the highest level of Wilaya. You could get to that, but there's quite a bit of work you have to do to get that. So that's where we were. So now he says that the way to attain that is where you stop focusing on the world too much. You live in the world, you use it, you earn a living if you have to, right? Unless you've got a good inheritance, for example, right? So you work, but none of it is, is done purely for the sake of the love of the world. So you have, you have wealth, it's in your hands, you use it, you give it to others, you eat with it, you clothe yourself with it, you clothe others with it, you spend on your family, you live by it, etc, etc, but it's not in your heart. Then he says, So you're not focused on it at all, it's not something that you have this intense desire to keep attaining you're quite satisfied in fact you you abandon it and again abandon doesn't mean that you go and sit in the cave this is where a lot of people make the mistake in understanding these things in fact the shaitan causes a min understanding and then you just don't want to listen to anything more it, it doesn't mean that you abandon it in a way that you don't need it anymore. Of course you need it. Otherwise, it's just that you, you abandon it from your heart. You may have it in your hands, but you abandon it from your heart. Such that it, with your heart, you would dislike it just the way you dislike carrion, dead meat. وَصِفَاتُهَا المذمومة. Now the way to purify the heart is to remove all of the bad traits from the heart. So he says the, the bad traits of the heart that have to be removed in order for a person to be of splendid character and to reach this high level. Some of these things is hasad jealousy. Envy of what somebody else has. The reason why that's so bad is because on the one hand it actually kills you first before it kills anybody else. Muawiyah said that I've never seen any vice which is more fair than envy. 
because it attacks the person who has envy first before it attacks the person he's envious of because initially when you envy somebody it's all going to be in your heart you're going to be burning the other person may not even know right um, they may not even know you've never maybe even met some of these people so then then the biggest problem in that is that in substance it's actually complaining about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala why did he give him or her and didn't give it to me so you're complaining about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's distribution that's why it is so detrimental number two is hikth which is hatred in the heart of course that could come from envy so you start hating somebody could come from arrogance why you hate somebody some people just hate a lot of people just on the smallest of issues flimsiest of excuses Sometimes they've never, never even spoken to somebody, but they just don't like the way they look or something. So they just start hating them. That's why Imam Sha'ran, he actually discusses this and he says that you need, if you find yourself hating somebody, then ask why you hate them. Are you justified in hating them? If you're not, then you need to actually try to overcome that. The more a person hates people, the more a hater they'll become then it becomes a trait that grips the heart and then they just hate anything. That's just the way things work, right? If things become easier. So while, posit, while the more you do, do something, it's supposed to become easier positively. Negatively, it's the same kind of thing in negative characteristics. Right. Number three, he says, is hubbul jah, which is the love of position and uh, love, of, uh, love of fame. Love of fame. Actually, there's several words in Arabic for this. Hubbul jah, wasit, wal mahmida, wal riyasa, wal shahawat. Well, shahawat is different. So, jah, sit, mahmida, riyasa. Very similar, but they got subtle differences. Jah is like a fame. Sit. Jah is more like positional fame. Sit is you want people to think you're. You want to be well known among people. Um, we're dealing with a lot of this in this time because it's so much easier to do it. It's never been so easy to become famous or notorious the world over as it has become in the last 20 years. If you wanted to be famous, you'd have to spend a lot of money, do a lot of traveling and do a lot of hard work. If this was 50 years ago, you'd have to travel around the world, spend a lot of money. Now you can literally at the touch of a button probably become viral in all the countries of the world that could be a very good thing and it could of course be such a bad thing Mahmida to be want to want to be praised a place of praise Riyasa leadership you want to be influential you want to be a leader but you've got no substance so then the easiest way to become a leader is to do bad things show, show people how to do bad things and then they'll start following you that's much easier to be honest. And shahawat, of course, desires. Wal kibr, which means arrogance. Riyah means ostentation. Ujub means narcissism and self conceit. What's the difference between those? Narcissism is when you just think yourself to be too, too good. You don't necessarily tell anybody. Just you go around and you just think, I'm better than everybody else. When I walk into the room, I'm probably the most intellectual guy in there. When I walk in somewhere, I'm probably the most handsomest person. I'm probably the most beautiful 
most beautiful and well made up right you just think that you may be you may not be but you think that either way it's a problem if you then actually apply that to someone then that becomes arrogance if it leads you to now belittle somebody else and then reject the truth because it's going to put you down then that becomes arrogance and riya means ostentation where you want to be known for that and then you've got nifaq which is hypocrisy where the inside is different to the outside ghurur is when a person is deceived um, and to basically just hate somebody to hate somebody for no religious reason to just hold that harbor that kind of hatred for somebody for no reason and the like so these are all the attributes of the heart which are which will stop a person from ascending فَإِذَا زَالَتْ عَنْهُ هَذِهِ الْأَوْصَافِ الْقَبِيحَةِ اتَّصَفَ بِأَضْدَادِهَا مِنَ الصِّفَاتِ الْحَمِيدَةِ If these very attributes can be removed and omitted, these blameworthy ones, then a person can be characterized by their opposite. Then they will attain the opposite, which are the praiseworthy attributes. So if you take away hatred, then hopefully you can have start having compassion for people and loving people because that hatred is what prevented you. If we can take care of the narcissism, for example, there's somebody that told me that they invited a particular scholar who's well known around the world and genuinely he's a good scholar, he really knows. He's not just a popular speaker online, he's not just, an, he's not just a celebrity with a lot of fans. He actually is He's got a number of books to his name and you can tell that he really knows his stuff. No doubt about it. Like in depth. So he was invited by a group of people, some scholars. So there's another scholar who went there and started complaining to the, the host of this well-known scholar that why did you invite him for? So he says, why? He's a, he's a good scholar. He's got a lot to offer and a lot of people are benefiting. So we wanted to bring him to this country. So the person said, there's nothing great about him. I, I can do similar things to him. That's what I would consider to be narcissism and arrogance. Now, if you don't like that scholar and you've got a valid reason to object, then you wouldn't say it's because I can do the same thing. That, that's the last thing. Then you tell them, okay, the reason why you shouldn't be inviting a scholar because he's got this deviancy or this problem. And then you let them make the decision whether that's true or not. But if I go there and I say that, why do you invite me? Why don't you just invite me? I'm local. I know the same things that he does. Well, he doesn't, but I mean, he reckons he does. That I can give the same kind of contribution. That's a bit sad, isn't it, to say that? There's enough place in the world. There's enough fame to go around if you want it. Let that scholar have his fame. God will give you your fame if you really want it. He's promised, in fact. The Prophet said, Man samma'a samma'allahu bih. Whoever wants to be heard, Allah will cause you to be heard. Allah, that, that's the hadith that keeps me in check, to be honest. It really frightens me. Because you meet somebody and say, Oh, I listened to your lecture. I really enjoy your lecture. Alhamdulillah. You know? It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean that you're accepted now according to Allah. Because the hadith, another hadith says that Allah can actually uh, strengthen this deen even with a transgressor. He doesn't get anything out of it, but people benefit. 
So there's a guy with bad intentions. He builds a masjid. Lots of people benefit from the masjid, but he doesn't because his intention is bad. So he's a transgressor. So the fact that you're benefiting somebody is no proof. It may be a sign, but it's not a proof. So if you don't like somebody, don't say it's because I can do the same thing. That's really sad. And just remember, there's enough fame to go around. If you want fame, there's enough fame to go around. If you really want it anyway. Then he says, so if a person is able to remove these blameworthy attributes, characteristics, then he can be, um, he can be attributed with the opposite of them, which are the praiseworthy traits like shafaqah, compassion, ra'fa, which is gentleness and kindness. A mercy, merciful nature towards others. Al al khalq. Hatta yuhibba li ghayrihi ma yuhibbu li nafsi. Because this person has now realized that there's enough mercy of Allah to go around. So now he will love for his brother or sister what he loves for himself. He's really understood Allah. Let me give you an example. There's some, there's a, he's an adult now. But when he was a child, he said that when I was a child, there came a time when something wrong happened in his life. He didn't get something he wanted. So, na'udhu billah, this is what he said. He said, oh Allah, you are stupid. Why? Because you didn't give me this or that, right? That got me thinking that, what exactly is he denying here? He's not denying God. He believes in God. That's why he's complaining. So clearly he believes in the existence of God. He believes he's there. That's why he's caught, you know, that's why he's used that word. So what it is, is that he's accepted that God exists in essence, but he is ignorant of God's attributes and the way, he do, the way he works in this world. That you don't get everything you want. Of course, he doesn't do that anymore. He's, you know, he, he's quite sane now. But he just remembers, he just recalls. So that just got me thinking that from an Aqidah perspective, you believe in Allah, but you are ignorant of his attributes. When you're ignorant of his attributes, then you're going to complain. You may, not, you may not deny Allah. You're not an atheist. But you'll deny how he works in this world. So you'll be saying like, why has he got more than I have? Why, did I, why does this happen to me? So, when a person truly becomes connected to Allah and removes the blameworthy traits, then they will begin to love for others what they love for themselves. They will become selfless because they know that what they can attain is coming from Allah. Allah can give it to me, He can give it to you, He can give it to everybody and He won't decrease anything. There's enough room. There's enough room. There's enough place, there's enough bandwidth. So, number one, this is a sign. Are you loving for others what you love for yourself? Are you loving for others what you love for yourself? What happens sometimes is that you are, we are forced into a position. Right? We're forced into a position of having a superior over us who we think, are not, who we think may be incompetent. But we don't have any wiggle room. We don't have any movement. We're, we're bound to that position. Whether you're at work and your supervisor just... You know, you could do his job 10 times over. But he's just been there longer. Or he's very good with the, you know, with, with, the, with the board or whatever it is. What are you going to do about it? 
you're going to have to live to deal with it. You can go and complain every single day. But understand, Allah put you into that position. You may have teachers that you don't rate. Very likely. I mean, I've dealt with that in a number of occasions. They may be good at one thing, but they're not good at this thing. And you just feel that um, they're not good. Now, what you have to understand is that you have to sift through a number of things. Number one, you are in a position. That's your position right now. And remember, when it comes to religious things, then Allah is the real provider. So while I may not, it's very difficult to do this, obviously. If, I, if the teacher in between me and Allah, you know, my connection, I'm in a position where I can't really move around, that's where I am, then I must realize that that's my challenge. Maybe I'm arrogant. Maybe I've got this problem or that problem, and that's why maybe I need to calm down. And I need to, this is just Allah's way of doing things. That He wants me to just be more humble. Maybe that's the barakah that you'll get. Because nothing is quite straightforward. The Prophet said that it could be because of the weakest among you that you are being provided. Because Allah sees them and He wants to provide, so He provides everybody. And you'd never give the weaker thought. You think that they're a waste to the community. That they're redundant, they're useless. So we never know what's the benefit and what's not the benefit. We never know who's providing the benefit. Don't ever consider anybody insignificant. Deal with your situation. If, you can, if, if it's un- intolerable, then find a better situation. If you're unable to and that's what it's for you, then you have to make sabr. You know, one of the, probably one of the most difficult things, one of the most difficult things is if you have parents that you can't agree with and you have relatives that you can't agree with. You're stuck with them. There's no way you can divorce them. You can divorce a spouse. You can divorce a business partner. You can divorce a neighbor. But you can't divorce your father or your mother or your brothers, sisters or your cousins. You're going to have to learn to manage. You're going to have to learn to manage. You're going to have to do a lot of dua. At the end of the day, Allah has put you into that position because you didn't choose to be there. Nobody chose. Your parents didn't know who was going to come. But we were all put together. So there's a reason for that. So when you start looking, when you come out of the woods and you start looking at things in a more general perspective, you start seeing the bigger picture and you feel you're more in control then. It just gets easier to deal with. Du'as are really powerful. Because what du'as will do, that oh Allah, sol- allow me to solve this situation. I will de- either Allah will correct that situation for you, or He'll make it more tolerant for you. That your whole occupation, will, your, your, your whole uh, attention will be taken by something else, and this will become irrelevant to you. Or it won't bother you as much before. So never forget Allah in any situation. There's no point just falling down and, and becoming despondent because that doesn't get you anywhere. That just puts you more into the hole. So then he says, حَتَّى يُحِبَّ لِغَيْرِ مَا يُحِبُّ لِنَفْسِهِ وَالْإِخْلَاسِ And then you will develop sincerity وَحُسْنِ الْخُلُقِ And good character such as sakha, which is generosity instead of miserliness. مَسْكَنَةِ الَّتِي طَلَبَهَا النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وسلم. Maskana means 
voluntary poverty voluntary poverty not the poverty where you're in need of something which could be, which could be of two types where you don't have and you need and you need and you just feel bad you don't have the other one is when you have a lot but you want more so you're still in need they're both faqir because literally the word faqir in arabic means the one in need if i'm in need to get more even though mashallah i've got enough then that means i'm still a faqir i'm still in need whereas a miskin is different maskana the prophet asked for maskana he said allahumma ahyini miskina wa amitni miskina oh allah give me life as a miskin and give me death as a miskin wahshurni fi zumratil masakin and also give me gather me uh, on the day of judgment among the masakin what is this maskana what how do we define this type of poverty it's it doesn't mean not having anything. Because clearly the Prophet is not making dua for his family not to have anything. He means, Oh Allah, give them sufficient to live by. Now how much is sufficient to live by? That depends on your culture and your way of life and how much you think is sufficient it's for you to consider what you have to be sufficient here he's described uh, maskana as for the heart to become reverently fearful or reverently respectful to the station of godhood of the divine for you to start respecting the divine to understand who the divine is and then to lower your wings which basically means that don't put your shoulders up right be humble lower your wings it's it's an idiom lower your wings for all of creation so number one respectful of god and his divine status and us as as uh, servants slaves and in and in terms of the rest of people we're always Humble with them. Always humble with them. Ya Allah, Allah make this easy for us. Until to such a level, you have to do this until such a level that this person then doesn't even smell, doesn't even want to smell leadership. If you're given leadership, alhamdulillah, that's fine. Be a leader. But you're not actively looking for leadership. Because the hadith is quite clear. If you're forced into a position of leadership, you'll be helped by Allah, divinely helped. Because it means that it's important and Allah wants you in that position. But if you go around looking always for leadership, there are exceptions to this obviously like Yusuf where he actually asked for leadership because everybody else was just useless. right? And he knew that he did it. But then you'd have to have sincerity to really go with that, to justify that. And the person who eventually attains this is the real slave of Allah who is the Siddiq who has truly confirmed himself to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. فَمَنْ لَمْ يَتَّصِفْ بِهَا لَمْ تَخْلُ نَفْسُهُ مِنْ مُنَازَعَةِ الْحَقِّ تَعَالَى فِي أَخَصِّ أَوْصَافِهِ Do you know what the danger of not being in this position is and still having the blameworthy traits? It is that this person, whoever is not able to have this status, 
his self will never be free from competing with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the most specific of Allah's characteristics. Means anybody who's not controlled their or subdued their, their desire for fame and gain and all the rest of it, then they will constantly be in the state of competing with Allah in one of his very special attributes. Do you know what that one is? That's obviously Allah's might and greatness. You also want to be mighty and great. Whereas Allah is the only one who deserves it. Because he says, Because true leadership is only for the one who acts with his own volition and is totally independent absolutely from anybody else. And there's only one being like that which is Allah. So how can we want fame when that's Allah's prerogative? وَهِيَ لَا تُفَارِكُ الْإِنسَانِ إِلَّا بَعْدِ الْمُجَاهَدَةِ الْكُبْرَى The thing is that um, is basically th this is touching a raw nerve as they call it. Because this particular aspect in a human being, right, is the thing which you're going to have to work the hardest to eradicate. You may eradicate a number of other blameworthy traits from the heart, but the love to be, to have a position, right, that is one of the most difficult things to leave. One of the most difficult things to leave. فَعِرْكُهَا لَا يَنْقَطِعًا أَحَدٍ إِلَّا مَنْ خَصَّهُ اللَّهُ بِالْعُبُودِيَةِ الْمَحْضَةِ That vein, right? This, this nerve, this vein, however you want to call it. This vein is not cut away from anybody or not removed from anybody except the one whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala specifically selects for his pure servitude. Like, I really want you to be my servant because you're really asking for it. Then for that person, Allah will help him to do that. That's why they say that The last thing that will come, the, the last thing that will be purified from even the heart of the Siddiq, the one who reaches that high level, the last thing that he will eventually have to lose, right? Which the last thing he will lose before he is able to get to that station is going to be this love of fame. And you know what? It's so complicated. Let's just say that you feel that it doesn't matter. Let everybody else also be good. Let others also have a share. Are you saying that because now you've got your own share? So that's why you're allowing other people to have a share? Or is it more selfless than that? That it doesn't matter what I have, I want others to have, regardless of myself. Or do I only want others to have if I have? Because I have, then you can have. So now I'm quite comfortable with that. But if I didn't have, then I wouldn't be comfortable with that. It's better than having hasad where you don't want anybody to have what you have, any, or what you don't have, or what you do have, it doesn't matter. It's better than that. But is that still true sincerity? So, um, inshallah, um, we will continue. That's why, you know, this hadith which says that a person can never become a true believer until they love for their brothers what they love for themselves. There's a bit of paradoxical situation sometimes. Because what, if you love for yourself to be greater than others, then you would have to want others to be greater than others. 
and if others are greater than others and you also want to be greater than others then that's an impossibility right that's a paradox so what's it going to be right that's why rather than make it a rational exercise keep doing the dhikr of Allah and asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help and if we ever see that we are manifesting some signs of arrogance right? we may not do it all the time but we may do it sometimes right? or narcissism or whatever we, we get the thought then we work on it but a lot of the time when it's so difficult you actually have to ask others to help you out so you need some really good friends or you need a good teacher or a sheikh or something you have to have somebody that tells you you have nobody that tells you anything, especially if you're already in a position, then you've got nobody to tell you. And you don't even bother listening to your criticism. In fact, your close people don't even let criticism get to you. They just bury it. That would be the worst thing. That you don't even hear your criticism, at least listen to your criticism. Mostly criticism is going to be an exaggeration, so you can minus 60% of it, but 40% is going to be right. Maybe 20% is going to be right. Something has to be right. Generally speaking. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for help and assistance. We ask Allah for the maqam of Siddiqi. Inshallah we'll continue to study this and will tell us inshallah how to get there. But this is as I said the true understanding of Islamic spirituality and Sufism not anything else. This stuff is tough. Saying no fame. All these people who claim to be big Sufis which is more about fame and fans and things like that then that's completely antithesis to what he's talking about is supposed to be true true Sufism so now you can see where it's all going اللهم اغفر لنا وارحمنا وعافنا واهدنا وارزقنا اللهم اغفر لأمة سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم رب زدنا علما نافعا ورزقا واسعا وعملا متقبلا وشفاء من كل داء اللهم إنا نعوذ بك من علم لا ينفع وقلب لا يخشع ونفس لا تشبع وعين لا تدمع ودعاء لا يستجاب له والله we ask you for your mercy and your forgiveness O Allah, we ask you for your compassion, your attention, your blessing. O Allah, do not deprive us of these things. O Allah, we have many sins to our name. Forgive us our sins. Forgive us our wrongdoings. O Allah, purify our hearts. O Allah, grant us the higher maqams of ihsan and of siddiqiyah, of wilayah. O Allah, allow us to be close to you. O Allah, be close to us. O Allah, grant us your love and the love of those whose love benefits us in your court. O oh Allah, remove from around us those who detract us from you. O oh Allah, bring around us those who are conducive to our love for you. O oh Allah, we ask you to enhance our company. We, ha- we, ha- we, we ask that you enhance our surroundings, our household. O oh Allah, we ask that you even make our work that we do, make it fully in halal. Keep us away from the haram. O oh Allah, suffice us with the halal, away from the haram, in everything that we do, whether that be our wealth, whether that be our practice, whatever that may be, O oh Allah, we ask you to grant us well-being and to thank you for the well-being that you have granted us. O oh Allah, the bounties that you have granted us, 
they are abundant. Even if we started thanking you, we could never end. Oh Allah, we can never give you thanks as much as is due to you. Oh Allah, we have so much more than so many other people in the world. Oh Allah, keep our gaze on those who have less than us so that we are thankful to you. Oh Allah, do not think, do not make us think that we have nothing and do not make us so attached to the world that we have it in our heart all the time. Oh Allah, those of us who are sitting here, those of us who are listening or trying to listen, Oh Allah, bless all of us, bless the entire Muslim world. Do not let any of us return from this gathering without being forgiven, without being made closer to you. Oh Allah, protect us in this life, protect us in the next life. Grant us Jannatul Firdaus, grant us Jannatul Firdaus. Those of us who are going for Hajj, oh Allah, make this journey a blessed one, make it an accepted one. Those of us who would, are not going but would love to go, Allah, facilitate for them. Oh Allah, facilitate. Oh Allah, allow us to come over and over again to your household. Oh Allah, protect us, our children, our progeny until the Day of Judgment. Oh Allah, whatever short amount of dhikr that we have been able to do, whatever reading we've been able to do, whatever we've sat and done, Oh Allah, accept it from us and make it a source of blessing. Oh Allah, those who facilitate this for us, bless them for it as well. Oh Allah, bless them for it. Oh Allah, protect us from all the harms and evils which are out there. Oh Allah, grant us an understanding of what our priority should truly be for this world and the next world. Do not make us forgetful of the next world and distracted by this world of the next world. Oh Allah, grant us barakah in what you have already given us. And oh Allah, don't make it a test and trial for us. Oh Allah, do not allow us to use in haram what you have blessed us with. Oh Allah, allow it to be a true blessing from you and not a source of misery in the hereafter. Oh Allah, accept our du'as. Oh Allah, accept our du'as. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifoon. Wassalamun ala al-mursaleen. Alhamdulillah.